You are listening to KOHN 91.9 FM Cells, KOHH 90.7 FM San Lucy, KOHF LP 101.1 FM Lawrence Community, and KWAK LP 102.5 FM San Javier Community. This is Imachatakwe on the Autham Hurinyak Network a show produced by Thono Autumn Community College. This is DJ Stoa Yasek, and you are tuned into The Road to TOCC. Shamay Masma, how are you all? Welcome to today's show. Spring semester is here. First day of classes. I hope all are well. The Road to TOCC has a great show today, so let's get started. How many of you have a smartphone? How often do you use it for finding directions to a destination? How many of you through the pandemic have placed orders online and once your order was filled and out for delivery could track the package knowing where it was and when it would arrive to your home or mailbox? The technology used for those situations are GPS and GIS and both technologies are changing the world as we once knew it. How many of you remember having a paper map to get from one destination to another? And did you know you can learn more about GPS and GIS by taking a class in Geography and Geospatial Technology at TOCC? The Road to TOCC welcomes Dr. Jason Post, instructor with the Geography and Geospatial Technology program. Good afternoon, Dr. Post. Good afternoon. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So to begin, could you please share a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Dr. Jason Post. I come to TOCC from uh, Navajo Technical University. I taught GIS there for a while. Prior to that, I uh, was working at the University of Southern California, uh, the Spatial Sciences Institute. I got my PhD in Geography and Geosciences from Texas Tech. I have a master's in uh, geography. My education uh, involves training at uh, Texas Tech University in geography and GIS. And then I did my undergraduate work at uh, the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA in environmental science and conservation biology. So I have a pretty interdisciplinary background from biology to human geography. And I love applying that uh, to everything that I do. I also have a background as a uh, volunteer firefighter, a wildland firefighter. So I have some more real-world practical experience that I can throw in to the courses as well. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. When did you arrive at Donna Autumn Community College? So I came to TOCC in July of 2019 as part of the GeoSmart program, which was initially designed to increase the geospatial and computing capabilities of the Tano Autumn Nation, not only capacity building, but through education And we were able to train members of the districts, train members of uh, the different nation agencies and departments on GIS. And we were able to provide uh, both districts and employees of the nation with uh, GIS software, the ArcGIS Pro training to go along with that. Uh, Each district got a computer as well as 
of the GIS software. So they're able to do projects on their own. Really, the goal of the GeoSmart grant was increasing the capability, but also using GIS as a tool of empowerment at the community level and allowing for community-based problems to be solved at a finer spatial scale, at a local spatial scale, and community members could go out, collect their own data with GPS, bring it back to the districts, and, and have it processed. And then that turned into the GIS program that we have today at TOCC. What is the official name of the program at TOCC? There's really no official name other than the degree programs. We have the Associate of Arts in Geographic Information Science. We have the Associate of Applied Science in Geographic Information Science and a career certificate uh, in Geographic Information Science. So it extends beyond just GIS to include field mapping, GPS, uh, unmanned aerial systems, uh, really sort of the broader umbrella of geospatial technology. We like to advise students that the AA program is designed for transfer. Those wishing to pursue a four-year degree at University of Arizona, Arizona State, Northern Arizona, or another university they're choosing. Um, The Associate of Applied Science, we like to call the direct employment option. And that's really designed for folks that either work for the nation or want to work for the nation or move up. It's providing a little bit more technical and career track, uh, technical career skills, whereas the AA program is designed to prepare folks for uh, university study. And then the certificate's really open for anybody, uh, whether you're in your career field and you just want to learn about geospatial technology or you're a student in another program like life sciences, physical sciences, business, and you want to demonstrate proficiency with geospatial technology or folks wanting to return to school that don't want a a full degree track. So that's kind of a more broad program. The certificate can be turned into the Associate of Applied Sciences with just another couple of semesters. I think it's 30 more units on top of that certificate will get you the Associate of Applied Science. So the, the AA is a little bit different of a track. There's more general education requirements. Again, the goal of that is to transfer to a four-year program. That's exciting to hear because one of the things that I did in preparing for today's show was looking to see which community colleges in Arizona actually have programs like this and I couldn't locate one, but I did notice classes, you know, at the higher four-year university level. So it seems like the program here at TOCC actually is university level or introductory to go into the field because, you know, no other community college really has the geospatial program. Yeah, that's a big point with that. You know, TOCC is very, I don't want to say unique, being a tribal college This is really the, for many folks, the the easiest way to access education. It really fills that that gap that has been historically experienced uh, by folks living in uh, remote areas. And you are getting that university education. It's not the same as, you know, a four-year degree. And I encourage, you know, everybody to, to continue their education. But we do dabble into some of the higher upper division topics. We do get into more of the advanced courses. And the reason is because of that AAS program, that we're really looking to fill a gap, a training gap with community members. Right now, a lot of the GIS type jobs are filled by people from outside the nation, and and we're trying to fix that and enable community members to be able to fill those positions immediately and move up in a career ladder. 
So, you know, we sort of serve AAS side is sort of a career training track, whereas the AA is more of an academic track, academic preparation track. And so it really allows us to, to help uh, with resilience and offering and enabling community members to gain employment with the nation and local enterprises. With the program at TOCC, it involves both GPS and GIS. Can you share with our radio listeners what GPS and GIS are? Sure, I'll start with GPS. This is probably what most people are familiar with, Global Positioning Satellite System. And GPS really refers to, there's the larger GNSS, Global Navigation Satellite System, is the technology. The GPS is just the American program. This allows us to use satellites to locate really anything in the world, whether it's our location, to enable navigation in your car, to be able to mark boundaries or important places of interest. It allows us to collect location data based off of satellites. It's extremely important because this is how we create maps and acquire you know, spatial or location information today. And it can be very, very accurate. We have receivers run 70, 80 bucks at Walmart that'll get you within nine or 10 feet of a location every time, all the way down to survey grade receivers that can be sub-meter, centimeter level accuracy, millimeter level accuracy, which we use for utilities surveying and you know sovereignty, mapping the, the boundary of the nation, boundaries of districts, grazing leases. Those need a higher level of precision and accuracy. So we have a lot of different levels of, of accuracy within the navigation, uh, global navigation satellite systems. Uh, we also have other nations have satellite programs. China has Beidou, Russia has GLONASS, and we're able to use their satellites as well to get very, very accurate location information. GIS, Geographic Information Systems, refers to a system of tools and software and hardware that allow us to make maps and manage spatial or location data. GIS is a tool that we use to work with spatial data and make maps. And GIS isn't just the software. Most people think GIS is just a software program on the computer, but it involves the hardware, the computers itself, the software, which is sort of the keystone to the whole system. Um, but also we need users, we need data to put into that system, and we need analytical methods. The GIS, most people interact with it as a software program, but it allows us to take spatial data and layer it together to model what's happening on the environment, what's happening across landscapes. We can look at satellite imagery. We can take data out of satellite imagery to answer important questions. The goal of all this geospatial technology coming together is to address problems in, in the community, solve real world issues. We can look at the GIS, we can overlay flood layers onto land use to find out how many homes are within flood zones or how many roads are in flood zones. We can use elevation data to map floodplains, to look at optimal sunlight for agriculture. We can look at water resources. Uh, there's a lot that we can do with it. It's used heavily in a variety of different industries from business to agriculture, natural resources, all the way to fire, EMS, first response, and even in a business to, to identify where your customers are. There's a really endless capabilities to it. Yeah, I know with GPS, the best way for our radio listeners to understand is that it's a map. I mean, a lot of people on the nation, your cell phones can locate places if they're heading off the nation to know that 
you no longer need a paper map that your map is the software in your phone using GPS. And it also facilitates sharing that data with other folks that are off the nation coming to to visit, package delivery, emergency response, you know, anything that involves locations. Discussing the importance of GIS, I had the opportunity to do is share with a group of students what GIS was. And one of the examples given to them using a pizza with the dough, the crust being earth, and then the toppings like the pepperoni, the cheese, were different grasses, landscapes, and building that pizza to where you have your spatial data and having the kids understand that this is in a way what GIS is about. And then I went the other direction in explaining for those that are gamers have played the game Minecraft, using that analogy to explain GIS and the kids got it instantly. So hopefully younger generations on the nation and other tribes will have that interest in GIS and the opportunity of this really growing field. Absolutely. I mean, this is really the wave of the future. It's how we do environmental science. It's how we do business. Folks that want to establish any level of a business, understanding where the best place to do it is. You don't want to build your business in a flood in a flood uh, floodplain. Want to make sure you have customers nearby. So you're managing population data. You're managing environmental data. And, and it really allows, especially the young folks that are good with computers and, and video games to think spatially. Another analogy would be Call of Duty, that you're given a map like Warzone and you have to navigate that map. You need to know where certain where the good guys are, where the bad guys are, what features lay between you and, and your target. And all of that is based off of spatial modeling. It, this application can really even be extended to outside of the Earth as well. We're now mapping other planets. We're mapping the moon. We talk about going back to the moon. So it's really endless. There's really no field that can't be enhanced by GIS and geospatial technology. UPS, FedEx are all using it to optimize their delivery routes. When you call 911 and and they need to come find you, that's all based off of maps and computer-aided dispatch has a GIS component to it. Really everything. Where's the best place to plant your crops? When's, where's, you know, where's, what's the optimal level of water use? You know, we can fly. We've done this at campus. We've flown the farm plots at the West Campus, at the Wishogkosh Campus in cells. And we can actually see areas that are getting more water and plant stress using imagery that we've acquired with drones. So we're able to, even though our, our naked eye sees all the plants as green with infrared sensors, we're able to understand that plants might be experiencing stress because of a broken water line or not receiving enough water. So we can fix that and optimize the efficiency of of agricultural operations. It's interesting that you brought that up because with the drought situation that the Western part of the United States is in, you know, having that information is even more important now than ever being able to determine those soils and fields and really are they healthy or not? Absolutely. Are people, you know, managing their water efficiently? But it also opens up, you know, to transparency is, you know, folks in a community with these skills are able to go and collect their own data and make their own informed decisions instead of having to rely on the Department of Agriculture or BIA or BLM 
Bureau of Land Management, you know, this data can be collected at a community level, maintained at a community level. And also folks can say, you know, this is not what's happening. They can use, and this actually happened with the last census, is the nation actually contested some of the information that the Census Bureau had put out because of geospatial technology, because they had maps and data that said otherwise. It said that the federal estimates weren't accurate. Uh, And having that data collected at a local level with the GIS really empowers the nation and empowers community members, uh, self-reliance, community empowerment, resiliency, those things, to take these skills and say, this is you know, understand, you know, their land, understand their homes on their own without having to rely on federal data, state data. Um, You know, it really even place names, um, you know, preserving traditional language. There's all all kinds of opportunities for that with geospatial technology. And it really does. I see it as what's going to bring not only the Tonawatam Nation, but indigenous communities around the world you know, through the 21st century, really allowing the the younger generation to to empower them to take responsibility and stewardship of environmental issues in, in their communities and take take a lead on that. Thank you for sharing some of the importance how GPS and GIS has helped the Thana the Nation and can help prosper the nation and other tribal communities. Something that's ever growing and expanding. The technology alone, it just seems like it's constantly getting better and better. Oh, absolutely. The stuff that we had even five, 10 years ago, very, very different than what we have now in terms of accessibility, in terms of computing resources needed, what we can do with our phones, the levels of accuracy of of the GPS and GNSS, you know, and even reducing costs of equipment. As we move forward, things are only going to get better. What interested you to go into the GIS field? I was one of these people that really didn't want to have to decide what I wanted to <laughs> narrow it down. Um, I started school wanting to do conservation biology, and I really missed the human component of the environment. A lot of the, the way science was going at the time really had, had separated humans from the environment. There's really no closed ecological systems anymore. Everything is all based on human interaction with the environment. I found that traditional biology didn't really give me the tools to do that. GIS did. I could integrate human data with biological data and understand the role that people play in the environment and how people interact and changes with with the environment. I kind of came into it a little bit late in grad school. I really didn't I'm going to be totally honest. I really didn't like it at the beginning because it wasn't very user-friendly. Before we had ArcGIS Pro or ArcMap, we had ArcView, ArcInfo, and these were very difficult to use programs. The interface was very technical. There was a lot of, it wasn't user-friendly. Now we have open source GIS uh, that you can download for free. We have all kinds of different developments. And I really saw this field as a growing field. I saw it as a tool that no matter what I chose to do in life, whether it was be a firefighter or work in agriculture or even in urban ecology, human-based data, GIS was going to be the ticket to do that. I've done consulting work, business side with GIS, helping people find customers, looking at you know human cultural data, population data, being able to say, given a certain demographic, where do people live? and how we can market to them, those kind of things. So it's really broad, and that's what attracted me was the power of these tools. 
and that it was growing. There were increasing number of jobs, which there, there still are. And you really didn't have to do the same thing every day. You know, a lot of us don't like the mundane nine to five office job, do the same thing every day. You know, we like to do something different. Some days we go to the field to collect data. Some days we're, we're in a lab analyzing data. And GIS is really a good path for those that don't like to do the exact same thing every day. And really, it just no matter what you study or what your interests are, there's a path within geospatial technology to enhance what you do. Thank you for that. I've taken three GPS GIS classes there at TOCC. I'm just amazed at how during those semesters, the technology and the opportunity that's available in those fields. One of the other things that I've done is actually look at social media platforms in regard to GIS and GPS. There's amazing things being done out there. There's groups that share different projects that they're working on in different parts of the world, in developed parts in the world to undevelop, helping provide answers to those questions or, you know, looking for the information to help those communities advance and move forward in the appropriate way that they can culturally, physically, you know, just being able to give communities information to help them grow the best way possible. Let's discuss the spring semester classes that are being offered at TOCC. Absolutely. We've got a couple, some introductory, some more advanced. Uh, Typically, since we're trying to build a, a strong cohort of students and graduate them on time, we're trying to offer more introductory courses in the fall so that they can take the advanced courses in the spring and graduate on time. So now that we're coming into the spring, most of the courses are a little bit of the higher level. We do have intro to GPS, which allows students to learn about global positioning systems. While that class is online, I'm planning to offer in-person skills sessions at the West Campus, possibly even in Tucson, to make them more accessible to distance students where you can actually get the hands-on experience while still being in an online class. We have GEO 277, which is the advanced GIS class, the second level GIS class. We have GEO 290, which is the unmanned aerial systems class. Right now it's being offered, we're hoping to offer it both in person and online, but we'll see how enrollment goes. Um, This is designed to get students to prepare for their FAA Part 107 remote pilot exam. Students that are wanting to become drone pilots certified to fly commercially, This is the class that prepares them for that exam. There's really no prerequisite for that course other than the requirements established by the FAA for licensure as a remote pilot. GO280 is a applications course, which is a more advanced class requiring the introductory class, but it allows students that have taken that introductory class to learn how GIS is applied in different agencies, different sectors, different industries. We look at fire, EMS, natural resources, intelligence, and defense. The introductory courses for this spring are probably going to be that GEO 217, the GPS class, and the GEO 290, unmanned aerial systems. We also offer GEO 285 course that is a GIS internship where students work on real community problems with community stakeholders. We have a student right now working on flood mapping in their community with drones. 
So that's that's one of the internships we have ongoing. Uh, students that are, you know, have typically taken the introductory level courses will go out into the community and work with different agencies or departments, different stakeholders on different projects to really get not only hands-on experience, but improve their community's service learning uh, projects while they're developing their skills. And then with the drone class, will students be required to have a drone? No, not at all. Those students that are wishing to participate in hands-on stuff, hands-on activities, we have our own UAS for that, for training purposes. They don't need to have anything besides a computer to complete that course. Tuition is free for Native American students. Textbooks and fees are free for all students at TOCC. The textbook for that course, if purchased through the bookstore, will be free for students. And that includes some online practice exams. Uh, The textbook for the GEO 290 UAS course includes practice exams. And I try to keep a couple of them reserved for students after the course to practice before taking their exam. The last time we ran this class, everybody that sat for the FAA remote pilot exam passed. We have a, a large cohort of about five students, nation members and employees that have passed their license. And they work in different departments of the nation and, and live in different communities. But this was really the first time for the Tano Automation that there was a strong cohort of drone pilots that are going to be working within this community. So that's something that's very, very important. And again, in that class, we talk about things like above and beyond the bare minimum to pass your exam. We talk about topics like where you should and should not fly on the nation, how you can approach community members and community organizations, community leadership, what to do, the specific needs of the Tonawatam Nation with regard to drones. Because the, the FAA governs the national airspace system, which does not respect tribal sovereignty and there are additional things, additional concerns, additional considerations in indigenous communities um, that need to be respected. So we go over that in our course. And that, that's something that's very unique about this remote pilot prep course or drone ground school, as some people call it. We discuss some of the additional concerns um, for those that are wanting to work in Indigenous communities. Wow. So with the free tuition and then the free textbook opportunities, training online or off the nation, it could be expensive. So that's really an opportunity for anyone that is interested in getting one certified and two receiving the training. The same thing applies for the folks in the GPS class, the GEO 217. Many folks are distance or working. I'm very understanding of that. I respect that. And that's why we're going to be offering skill sessions on multiple dates, most likely in April. If I have my notes here, I think I have them going on in April. They're flexible. I'll I'll work with you even one-on-one if we need to. But that allows students that are distance, if they have that ability or desire to come and learn the hands-on skills, that they can do that. Our distance education is that somehow, sometimes it's difficult to get those hands-on skills. So we're offering those skill sessions for students that are wishing to travel here and come to the campus and get that hands-on training as well. And that would be the West Campus, correct? 
Most likely, you know, depending on where students are coming from, it may be offered out of the Phoenix Center. It may be offered out of main campus. I want to leave that a little bit open because I'm going to tailor that to the folks that are that are going to be coming to each session. So I'm very flexible in that regard. Uh, I care a lot about the students. I want to make sure that they have the skills that they need and, and are able to get to that um, if possible. For any radio listener wanting to know a little bit more about GPS and GIS, what resources are available that you can recommend? You know, and this is part that goes back to what we're talking about. Everything's changing. YouTube has become such an amazing resource for tutorials, whether it's doing an analysis, what does GIS do? There's so much information out there at our fingertips. So I would recommend that you go to YouTube and look up GPS field mapping, or if you're interested in a specific sub area like GPS or GIS for utilities and electrical or for fire and wildland firefighting, and you actually can see it hands-on in use. And then you can even look at, at different types of analysis and methods. There are a lot of free tutorials uh, to help you learn and prepare for the courses. Do you have any concluding comments or observations? I do. A couple of them. Number one, really GIS and geospatial technology, again, can help you no matter what you're interested in especially if you're somebody that likes to go outdoors and collect data, great set of skills for you. I've noticed that, you know, even with the pandemic, education is, is changing. A lot of folks work, have child care, elder care responsibilities. So we understand that. Uh, I'm listening. I got, I got big ears for a reason. Those that have ever taken one of my classes, I listen to the students, I listen to the community members, and if folks are wanting online courses, that's going to continue. If, if folks want more to transition back to face-to-face, program is very fluid in that regard, that we can meet the needs of our students. So that's something that I really wanted to say. And I'm proud of the community members that have participated, that have stood up and said, I want to learn this. There's no, you know, Western society puts a lot of focus on education being K through 12, and then you go to college. And if you, you don't fit that little mold, you're somehow, there's an issue there. That's not the case. I've had people in their 70s take my classes. I've had elders take my classes. I've had nation leadership take classes. Everything from, you know, uh, district chairs up to senior administration. We've had workshops. So it's great to see people that want to improve their communities. And I applaud that and respect that and will match your enthusiasm in the courses. There's something here for everybody. And this is really, if you have an interest in understanding the environment and serving your community and helping to solve real world problems, you can't go wrong with this. Also, if you're a student in another program, well, you know, as much as I'd like you to switch into my program, you can take the certificate in, it's almost better than a minor in that you actually have a tangible product at the end of that, that you have a, a certificate. If you're sitting at home wondering, hey, what am I going to do this semester? Now's a great time to come back to school, take a couple classes at a time and work towards that because this is one of the the fields at TOCC that you're going to get probably the best ROI return on investment. The time and, and effort that you put in, you're going to get that back on the job market. You're going to get that back. You're going to have the skills to be able to go out on your own and do this professionally. Drone pilots, 
can make a, a lot of money on freelance projects, can go out, you can do field mapping projects as a freelance consultant as well. There's a lot of opportunity for economic development here. If you're if you like video games, if you like working with computers, this is a great opportunity. You know, anybody that's considering going back to school, because this is so interdisciplinary meaning that it's not just biology or business. It crosses all these disciplines and fields. This is a great place to start. And, you know, whatever your goal is in life, we're going to get you there. If you want to go to the university, if you want to get a job, if you want to, you know, go to the military and do intelligence, this is regardless of where you want to go, there's an option for you with the GIS programs at TOCC. Thank you for that. And definitely having taken three classes with you and just the knowledge that I've gained from participating in, you know, GPS, GIS, it is a definite opportunity that everyone should seriously consider because I've learned a lot. And although my field isn't specific to GIS and GPS, it has helped me educate young students that I mentor. And it's my hope that they embrace the technology and really explore their communities, whether it's culturally, physically, environmentally, they are our next generation of leaders. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it any better. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that, you know, bring up you know, with a lot of places and the importance of places, place names, that can get lost between generation to generation. That's something that GIS and maps will allow us to communicate that to future generations to preserve that information and allow the next generation of autumn leaders to step up and and manage environmental issues, community-based issues. This is really just a win. There's nothing but awesome opportunities for students in this field. It's exciting getting to fly a drone, the look on people's faces. We've had students from 18 to 80 in these courses. Everybody can do it if you apply yourself. Education is lifelong. This is something that, you know, I'm a big proponent of. There's no, you know, there's right or wrong time to go back to school, you know, do it at your pace. But, uh, you know, you don't have to be any specific demographic to come back to school. Everybody that wants to learn will get to learn. And, you know, I'll work with you. You know, we have a a big team to support you uh, in any way that we can. And uh, that's something that we really pride ourselves on. Uh, There are a lot of opportunities to go to conferences, present your own research, do stuff in the the community, active projects. So there's a lot of opportunity to get field experience. And whether you're going to university or wanting a job or wanting to just learn for general interest, uh, there's an opportunity for you here. Awesome. So thank you so much, Dr. Jason Post, for sharing about the program at TOCC. If any listener wants to reach out to you, how do they do that? The best way is probably through email. My email address is jpost at tocc.edu. That's j-p-o-s-t at tocc.edu. That's that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. The GIS program, the Geography and Geospatial Technology program is on Facebook. You can come find us on Facebook. Email, Facebook are probably the best ways to get in touch with us. And, uh, you know, share this with anybody that you might think is interested. And uh, thanks for having me today. It's been a great opportunity to come be on the radio here. So I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. So have a great 
spring semester and future Summer Science Institute. And I know eventually we'll know the summer programs that you'll be possibly offering for summer semester. Thank you for tuning in to Imachita Kwe on the Autumn Hurinyak Network, a show produced by Thana Autumn Community College. Remember to tune in every Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m. on the Autumn Hurinyak Network.